and welcome to what is episode one of the Disrupted Podcast for 2024. Now, today we have an absolutely salubrious guest, esteemed educator, um, Bali Hark, who is joining us for a quick chat. Bali, over to yeah. you. How are you going? I'm very good, thank you, Claire. And good, good to have to let me come on your on your program. I'm looking forward to the chat. Fantastic. And for the sake of our listeners, those who haven't been around um, as long as some of us might not be quite so aware of your history in the education scene in New Zealand. Can you um, tell people a little bit about your background, where you've come from, yeah. come yeah. from and what you're doing at the moment? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting a bit old in the tooth, really, Claire. It's the trouble. Uh, so, look, for those of you who don't know, I, 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 I was born in Pakistan. I came to New Zealand as an adult. Um, Got into secondary schools, became a principal, principal of four schools, one of them in, in Cook Islands, then went and worked for NZQA for a few years uh, on the NCA front, did, did some work there, and then did some work for the ministry. We did the review of tomorrow's schools for Chris Hipkins. Uh, and I've, ca- I've carried on doing a few odds and ends. Mm. Um, currently, I'm New Plymouth District Councillor, so I'm getting into oh, the wow. beast, uh, local politics, which is another beast and a half but maybe a different subject a different time well, kicked off last year so did you yeah. get in on the elections last year yeah yeah, yeah. wow it's, you know how you know how to keep yourself busy don't yeah, you well you got to <laughs> so um you recently wrote a b- bit of an op-ed about um our school system and yeah. and also about the, the the challenges we have i think with our political system and the way that education um is led or potentially not led um, in Aotearoa, and and this idea that um, it's often too big a challenge for politicians and governments to tackle the system-wide change that is needed. And there's always this temptation for politicians and for the ministry to um, seem to err on the side of um, sort of Quick fixes, and as you talked about silver bullets, do you want to tell us a little bit about your thinking um, and what you covered in that piece? Yeah, thank you, Claire. And and you know, I I, 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 I should repeat really that you know I'm getting pretty old in the tooth, and I haven't been in a secondary school for a long time, so I need to be upfront about that. But my observations, particularly when we were doing the review for Chris Hipkins, one of the things that really struck me was it was the State Services Commissioner, as it was called then comment around the system and the, the big failure was the the inability to scale up reform so you know i saw something in the papers just recently you know school a turns around fantastic work being done and so on and so forth and we got lots of that we got lots mm. of great things happening in our schools but we can't scale them up systemically and i think that's the big issue and because of that you know because of the system we've got where the ministry's role is in doubt, it's confused because that's the way we set it up. And as a result, we tend to we have a bit of a distrustful relationship sometimes. That because we have that inability to scale up and the, the role of the ministry is not clear and the role of schools is not clear, we can't scale up. And that, that creates a whole barrage of reform. That didn't work, we'll do this. That didn't work, we'll do that. And I sort of feel that we're caught in that trap now. Um, and and the, and the pity of it, I think, is that the schools and the principals and the boards um, are sort of complicit in that process as well. 
because they don't want to change the system where some of them, some schools are doing quite well. Mm. And they feel that there's an autonomy and there's a community spirit and all those great things, local democracy. But I think that 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 the problem is, I think, the system itself is creating real 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 cracks, and we won't succeed until we look at it systems wide. Yeah, I, I remember so clearly when your Tomorrow Schools um, recommendations came out and I, I got pulled onto a couple of uh, interviews on TV and interviews on radio yeah. in response to those very loud, connected groups of principals who suddenly spoke up because they thought their ability to self-govern was somehow going to be in question if we centralised control of um, some elements of our school. And I just, I remember being so upset at the missed opportunity we have to fundamentally change. And, uh, you know, and I often, I got really frustrated at what felt like from the outside looking in, a lack of courage on the then minister's part to really make changes that might be deemed unpopular by particularly loud yeah. You know, leaders of large, successful um, schools. I, I, I suppose, I mean, I think it's pretty common knowledge. The, the, the task force, we wrote to Chris Hipkins twice. We went to saw him once. We talked to Giantinetti. We, we contacted Iona during that, pro, that, that period where the final report or, or a, a, a diluted final report had been mm-hmm. accepted. And we were happy with that, given the political situation. And and the difficulty was it wasn't just the minister who ministers who lost courage. I, I think the other problem was the ministry. Mm. That, this is not it's not critical of the ministry because I think there's some fantastic people there. Mm. The ministry failed in its implementation process as well. So and so what we've ended up doing, you know, is actually adding to the problems of schools now. Oh. It's really sad. Mm. Really yeah, sad. things become increasingly when you're not willing to dismantle a system as a whole and rebuild it from the ground up, right. it can't be anything other than a Frankenstein because it becomes additive and additive and additive. And, you know, it's only now that I feel like through the very hard work of some very good people that the NZC refresh is starting to, you know, right. make a little bit of sense. And the fact that the NCEA updates, you know, they had the, heart, the horse before the cart or the cart before the horse, yeah. sorry, and everything was all the wrong way around and they were trying to do NCA refresh and then an NZC refresh and yeah. so on and so forth. And I, I also, I often come back and wonder, like, I mean, I've I've been someone like like you that has, hasn't ever sort of shied away from sharing my views yeah. and opinions, but I've also um, got to the point where I've sort of nearly exhausted myself and speaking up and speaking out a bit. So you tend to just put your head down and get back into the trenches and do what you do at a a local level. Because what I've noticed more and more, and I don't know how we solve this problem, is, you know, with our most recent um, elections and incoming minister, they're really open about the fact that they're not even looking to meet the needs of schools and school leaders. They're looking to basically gain votes by... Um, pushing things through that are popular because they are seemingly sensible, simple solutions yeah. to what we actually know as school leaders are fundamentally complex societal problems. Yeah, yeah. 
I, look, I couldn't agree more. And and mm. I, I did a I did a Spanish conference not long ago. I was asked to speak there. Uh, I I my, my question to the principal. I don't think it went down very well, to be honest. <laughs> my my question to the secondary principals was actually, who is there in this current environment that is calling this out? Um, and because the journos aren't, because mm. they don't necessarily know and they have their political perspectives. I don't think the unions are because, I mean, I'm not necessarily being critical, but that's no. not what they're doing. Um, the, 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 the teachers in general work to, work, work to death. They don't have yeah. the time to do it. So nobody's calling this out. And yeah. I had a sort of thought that if, if school principals were able to be united around this issue, around the political, uh, the politicisation of education, for that, yeah. and the, the silver bullet approach, then then if if school principals were able to speak out in some sort of unified voice, that would be powerful. Mm. We, we don't seem to be able to do that. No, and, and and there does seem to be within the context of I'm obviously in the secondary leadership space, a bit of a polarisation in where people stand. Like I, it, it's quite interesting. Like I often get painted as a sort of lefty liberal, you know, person that's doing outlandish things. But then I, you know, and then you've got people at the other end of the spectrum that are seen as, you know, very traditional, yeah. you know, focusing on knowledge-rich curriculum, maybe looking to IB and Cambridge as your thing and and talking a lot about rigour. But at the end of the day, I think both of us, you know, both groups at either end of the spectrum, at the heart of hearts, we care deeply about designing a curriculum and a way of delivering learning that we believe is right for the community that we're serving. So whilst our ways of doing it, like in Parliament, you might have a National Party, yeah. a Labour Party or a right, you know, let's face it, we're all pretty centrist really, but, you know, you might have different yeah. meaning. Um, yeah, so I, I, th I think we need to find a way to become unified that isn't threatening individual principles standing by what it is that they do and how they do it. Like, I think there's space for us to have – it's it's interesting, isn't it? There's that real tension between – and I know you talked about this a little bit in your article about the fact that we're so self-governing, there's no sort of consistency of what schools are delivering. And Nina Hood recently wrote a paper that looked at the fact that um, there's so little consistency that you've got no guarantee of – Right. You know, the important things being covered off. And I I go back and forth in my belief that I think there has to be a base level of stuff that we all agree is absolutely important and that we're going to fight for, but there can also be room for different flavours of leadership in schools yeah. as well. Sorry, I'm talking myself around. Well, uh, it, I mean, it's the classic um, centralisation, local, it's the balance, you know. Mm. It's getting that autonomy versus central control, getting that right. In, yeah. And, and we... And I, I think the Tomorrow School's not cracked that. That's the right. The Tomorrow School report, like I didn't see anything in there that stopped Westlake oh. Boys being Westlake Boys, Albany it's, Senior being Albany Senior, you know, the, it, whatever school you pick around the country. There was nothing in that, that set of recommendations that would have prevented all of us 
continuing on in the journeys that we're on. And yet, and yet, it's interesting. I mean, two thoughts come to mind. One is that what we failed to do with that devolution uh, and all the positives, we failed to provide good uh, wraparound services for teachers and principals mm. in terms of what we asked them to do. And that's, to me, um, absolutely disgraceful that what, what we've ended up doing, particularly principals, is, and, and we know the workload of principals, and principals in a way are their most worst enemy because they sort of like it, but actually we have dumped so much on principals that leadership, it be, I think, has become a real issue in schools. Mm. And for, my point, I suppose, is schools – see, I don't know whether initial teacher education – or even a curriculum review is going to crack this. I, I, I th- my, I'm sort of coming to the view that those things are important. But if you, unless schools as organisations are functioning well, the culture of schools is about learning and improving, and the relationship between schools is positive. Unless those organisations we call schools have good leadership structures, good ways of supporting their people, we're not going to do it. No. We aren't going to do it. And so the question I have is, where are those backup wraparound services? And I can't, they're, they're, they're ad hoc uh, and they tend to be arbitrary depending on mm. you know, what cycle we're in. So fundamentally, I suppose, my question is around what, what can principals, I mean, trying to be positive, what can principals be talking about with the new minister about this issue? Because it seems to me there's an opportunity here with the new minister, and I've got a bit of time for Erica Stanford. I've heard her speak. I mean, she has her political box to be in. But is it is it possible now we can t- start talking to Erica Stanford about these systems issues? And couldn't it be? I mean, I'm a I'm not of a political persuasion, but I mean, I can see real possibilities in somebody like Erica Stanford picking up some of these big issues. Yeah, when she's done the the, the phones, the phones, and all that sort of stuff, and actually trying to address the issues that are deep, deep-rooted. deep uh, I, I remember some of those round tables that they had with school leaders, and I don't know if they were popular or not, and I don't know how effective they worked back in um, Minister Parata's days, and yeah. that, that, that'll be a trigger for some people. But, you know, there were those great big meetings that we had down in Wellington that had principals at round tables with ministry reps sitting on the round tables and actually having yeah. some of those robust discussions. I think I think something like that would be a really good start yeah. Um, in the first instance, to at least have some discussions around it, and um, and yes, they did get heated sometime, but that's okay. That's that's part of the discourse. But I mean, considering we've got a mixture of maybe school leaders and teachers um, listening to us, if they're still listening at this point in time, um, well, if you were in the shoes, if you were in their shoes this year, so we we know that there's stuff that's being rolled out in the first 100 days. And for the most part, it's really quite benign. Saying, you know, an hour of reading, writing and maths, my goodness, I don't know a school that doesn't do that anyway. The cell phone ban is what it is. Quite frankly, I'm not losing sleep over that or or sweating buckets over that. We'll just do what we can with it. Um, So in some ways, we haven't got a government or a ministry that's tasked with blowing everything up. Like things are what they are, and we can carry on for the most part as we have been doing for the last few years. If you, if you were going to give advice to your young self, if you're a teacher or you're a school leader at this very moment, 
what would you be doing? What would you be prioritizing? What would you be thinking about? You mean in, in the individual school that I'm leading? Or? Yeah, like if you, if you were back as a principal today yeah. or even further back if you were back as a teacher in this particular context, what's the best thing we can do? Oh, look, I mean, everybody knows the answer. But I mean, I, <laughs> it, I, I suppose I, I come back to the, organi- the organisation of the school. And I don't mean the technical organisation. I mean the culture of the organisation that I'm trying to lead, and and it and it it it's it actually you know I it's not that hard is it? I, no. I mean the the difficulty is you can get into negative modes and you can say the ministry that's doing that I don't like that the minister is doing that I don't like that my board's not working but actually there are real possibilities of leadership in organisations and if I were my young self I'd be saying you know you need to, in that organisation you need to get on with leading and doing and looking at the culture of the organisation. Yeah. I would also be saying fervently that you are not an island mm. and you need to be working with other schools in your area and you need to be influencing because you are important. You are one of the few leaders in this country looking after our children. And so you need to commit to... to uh, a systems-wide approach, which is, I think, where we fell down quite early on with tomorrow's schools. What's what what's good for our 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 kids and our system across the board, and then working to achieve that. And that's not easy. There will be disagreements about that, but it needs to be upfront and it needs to be debated. It's not about, to me, me hiding in my school and making it good because. That, that doesn't work. And it's not, a, I'd love to see us getting past, although I don't think it's too bad necessarily, but the whole competitive sort yeah. of side of schools. There's nothing to be gained competing with your neighbouring school, competing with community schools. We're here to serve young people of Aotearoa, end right. of story, yeah. you know, and whoever comes through our doors, who we're looking after. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, absolutely. And it's not about competition, it's about having the, yeah. having the, the frame, if you like, to think like that, because I think we got into a bad habit as school leaders to think in terms of my organisation and how what they're doing is affecting me. Yeah. I think that's the other thing I would say, and we're probably close to twenty minutes. But um, the other thing that I just want to chuck in, if I, if you ask me, what would the advice be to say the minister? You know, one of the things that's really struck me is how we are not good at monitoring how good our system is. Uh, The PISA results come out and we all have a... The deficit theorising of the system is huge, isn't it? Because it makes good headlines. Yeah, Uh, but, but, you know, have we agreed what success looks like? Um, And do we have data once we've got somewhere? We never agree entirely, but, but it seems to me that even ERO, when you ask Eero how's the system performing, they will come up with slices of stuff that they have done some surveys on, and I have questions about their methodologies. But uh, but uh, but ultimately, that's not good enough. Then we've got NCA results; they're problematic in terms of systems performance. I think PISA. We've got the NEMP stuff that's going on. We've got the ministry collecting information about bullying and suspensions and all that sort of stuff is all around. But actually. You know, it seems to me we need to have something, some organisation that is neutral, that is apolitical, 
that is actually gathering information about how the system is performing and making recommendations. Mm. And and I think that's right down to things like how you do the curriculum. Um, because it, it, at the moment, you know, the, the refresh, in my view, you know, it's maybe getting on track, but it's been pretty ad hoc. Absolutely, yeah. So... So that it seems to me there's a big chunk missing that we're running around trying to fix stuff. I mean, the PISA results, there needs to be a good debate about how yeah. useful they are. We don't seem to have it. No, no, there's a, there's a bit of a blind acceptance that, you know, we're declining and that's it. The, you know, we're all going to hell in a handbasket. Where yeah. there's a whole, and, and the other thing that I, I get concerned about as well is that I feel like somewhere along the way, and there's a whole lot of reasons for the last few years with a pandemic and, and yeah. everything that's sure. gone on, that we've stopped those futures thinking type conversations. We, we had some really exciting conversations about, um, you know, five, six, seven years ago where NZQA was going on about the anywhere, anytime assessment yeah. and how we're going to become, you know, this agile system with responsive assessment opportunities. And then it just very quietly did a U-turn ground to a halt and, you know, and it's like we're all pretending that that conversation never happened. Um, you know, that we're all just mutually agreeing to pretend that we, we never had that as a goal. Um, so I, I would also love, alongside that sort of impartial body that's actually can sort of measure the effectiveness of the system and, and make some um, some um, recommendations, are also looking to the future as well in terms of how we could be evolving the system because we seem to have lost any of that sort of aspirational discourse, mm -hmm. like even, even on the, the front of how we're engaging um, with technologies to enable, um, you know, different models of education, yeah. that those conversations have dried up. It's like they've, um, you know. Uh, why do you think that is, clear? Is it is it just because nobody's leading them or is it workload? What what is I it? think it's those two things combined. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've often been really interested in New Zealand's model um, that we do not have any one person leading the education system. Like you, you look to our, um, you know, um, Secretary for Education and they're very much the Secretary for Education. They're not the leader of the Ministry of Education. And we know that the Minister of Education is serving a party. There's no, there's no figurehead in New Zealand of someone who is an aspirational leader of education. And yeah. I think that, that that's a shame as well. It is. And... and uh, the, the, the business about um, an impartial, I mean, whatever you call it, but something, somebody or something that we can respect as being apolitical, that is, that is engendering a discussion and a debate and providing us with information and setting a direction, which, I mean, that gets over to some extent the party political stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it's not hard. I mean, you know, it's not hard. Yeah, we we were asking Chris Hipkins to do that, um, and it was, you know, I think I think they lost they lost the political courage to take on stuff. But it's, okay. yeah, okay, well, I'm aware I'm aware that we're at the very doing what we said we wouldn't do, which was to keep talking and talking and talking. So in closing, Bali, our recommendation is thinking about leaders not being an island, schools not being an island to connect up, 
Um, you also said earlier on that courage to speak out. Do you just want to finish up talking about how people might actually speak out a bit more as well? Because I think we're, we've run out of steam on that front and we've got to really make sure we don't let that silence us. Yeah. And I think that if you're looking, I mean, I think we can, there's, there's some work to do with the principles organisations. Um, but I, regardless of that, I mean, there, there are meetings with the minister that take place all the time. I'd love to see principals asking the minister questions like that mm. rather than questions around what do you do about cell phones. Let's, yeah. let's get on with that. Let's ask the minister some of those bigger questions because I think potentially with the new minister there's an opportunity to, to, to make – I mean, I don't care what party they come from anymore. Yeah. But I think there's a potential here for us to ask the big questions and say, well, what are you doing systemically? Because there's yeah. clearly a problem. Yeah, I, I think I'd just I'd love our system to get back to being aspirational rather yeah. than reactionary. Yeah, to- totally agree. And, and you can't be that if you're finding fires all the time. Yeah, awesome. Well, okay. thank you so much, Bali. Thank you for being our first guest um, for Disrupted Podcast 2024. And to those of you, if you're still listening, if you've got anyone you'd love us to have a conversation with, or if you yourself would like to have a conversation on the Disrupted Podcast, please reach out below. So um, in closing, thank you so much, Bali. Have a fantastic afternoon. What were you getting back to? You were doing croissants. Yeah, croissants. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you get back to the important business of baking and we shall get back to the important business of um, teaching our young people. Have an absolutely fantastic afternoon. Bye. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave.